don't know this, then you're behind the times. The only metric that matters is convenience. Rules apply to you. Suddenly you're an advertiser. This week on Social Minds. I think a lot of paid social managers actually don't get enough credit where credit is due. We sat down with Kat Sumetta, former paid social media manager for Domino's, but who has since moved to Great Ormond Street Hospital to work as a social media manager there. The paid social landscape can appear complicated to those who are not in that space, but with much experience managing campaigns for one of the world's biggest brands, Kat was able to expertly put things into context. We spoke about getting creative with Snapchat ads, had a micro debate about micro moments, and asked if paid social budgets are being affected by the elephant in the room. What was it that actually drove that intent? It was probably seeing the Facebook ad, but because of the way an attribution models are set up traditionally, you're going to give that credit to Google. All this and more coming up. How is the paid social landscape adapting to changes in consumer behaviour? The thing I always think about when people ask this question is, do you guys remember what shopping was like before? I remember like if I wanted skincare or something like that, I'd walk into town and I'd browse like Boots or Superdrug for deals and nice packaging. Do I want that shampoo that looks this way or that way? Does it smell nice? And it was a much more individual experience, like I guess a more physical experience. Now I just receive like these beautifully crafted ads that are like personalised and targeted at me when I'm searching for beauty online, right on my phone, whilst I'm catching up on the day's news. You know, I think a lot of the ads I receive are on paid social um, because that's where I spend most of my time. I think the way paid social has kind of adapted to changes in like the con- like just the consumer landscape, actually, if we kind of flip it a bit, is, is amazing. If we fast forward a couple of years from me browsing in Superdrug to um, when Facebook even introduced like social advertising, things accelerated at such speed. Over the last couple of years, people were talking about organic news feeds dying. But in 2014, people were talking about that. It accelerated at such a speed. Funny though as well, isn't it? because it it feels like as well as kind of paid social adapting to consumer behavior it's changed consumer behavior in ways Mm. as well i was just thinking that like it's the chicken and the egg which one came first well i definitely think i suppose i'm a paid social manager so i think paid social probably came first and shaped consumer behavior if we if i'm if i'm honest i mean consumers are bombarded nowadays i think what changed in tandem with that was the customer decision making like process and the journey that's become much shorter and you know building brand loyalty now takes like moments and not years so the landscape has changed a lot many businesses now want that loyalty like that they need it to get one up on their competitors and i think the pace the, the accelerated pace of paid social has accelerated that customer loyalty decision making process so I think it came first but now they work very much in tandem together what about the uh, innovation that's gone alongside that as well Kat because obviously you know things like you said things haven't stayed the same since since 2014 do you think we've seen like a period of innovation recently with it? So I think most of the platforms will want to be perceived as innovative. I mean, I don't really know any brand or even individual in this industry that wouldn't want to be perceived as innovative. And there have certainly been some good changes, especially on Facebook and Instagram. I think some of the recent ones that I found quite interesting are where partnerships and brand collaborations are like concerned with influencers. The fact that they've kind of cottoned on to this kind of creator and influencer culture and created like brand collaboration tools 
I mean, that's, that in itself is quite a small innovation, but it's enabled people to work with talent much easier, agencies and brands and influencers to kind of collaborate a lot easier, enabled them to leverage their audiences in future campaigns. I think that's been a really big one over the last year. I mean, you mentioned organic reach declining. Do you think that's maybe been one of the causes of this innovation that we've seen in paid social? You know, brands investing more in it and platforms as well because they kind of have to. Yeah, I think, I mean, what do they call it? Pay to play now. You know, social used to be very different, a very different kind of world. I think the decline in kind of organic has definitely played a part in it. But then also ad revenue is astonishing for some of these platforms. Why wouldn't they be innovating in these areas? Not just Facebook and Instagram, but even people like Snapchat, they've started to innovate. The thing with Snapchat is though they've definitely got some more fun and creative innovations. You know, in February, they released small tweaks to the ad usability. That's going to give brands higher in swipe to conversion rates for app and web. They play to their strengths on that platform. So the commercialization of that platform is brilliant. Um, Facebook and Instagram, I think, definitely innovate a little bit more behind the scenes with the tools and the features that they offer marketers and the insights that they offer. They're the main things that I see at the moment. It's like either creative innovations or innovations in tools that enable marketers to gain deeper insight into their activity. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, which platform would you say is, is sort of winning the paid social arms race in that case? Okay, yeah. This is a, <laughs> no, this is a really, really good question. I mean, everyone's got their favourite, but sort of if we look at it like analytically, like which which platform do you think right now brands stand to get the most out of? So I think, I don't think you can say that one platform is winning over the other. The way I see it is you can kind of split them into different areas, which is what I was just kind of alluding to. You've got Facebook and Instagram, where in terms of the spend, their bottom line and the features that are available, they are probably globally winning, if we're going to call it like winning or losing. They've released so many tools in the last like couple of years is they have so much power behind them in terms of like campaign setup, execution, what you can optimize towards, just their sheer audience base that you can target is like the biggest. But then you do have platforms like Snapchat who are seeing increasing ad spend year on year. And again, like I said before, their creative like capabilities, I feel right now are kind of unrivaled. So with Snapchat, like not everyone is going to go after a Gen Z audience. I know that depends on your brand, but there's no doubt in my mind that Snapchat has the monopoly on that audience and it's a really captive audience and I think that's something to consider so when we're talking about winning I suppose like a paid social arms race I see it as like who offers more insights and features who has a captive audience and a younger audience and you know a creative advantage and then you've got you've even got people like Twitter who I think are often ignored and forgotten about but Twitter is in a really unique position too with the way it shapes and kind of drives online conversation I think that's something that people forget about. Me personally, as a marketer, my favourite platforms are still going to be Facebook and Instagram purely because of the breadth of tools that I've got there and the they've, audience size. Yeah, they've, they've definitely like made the platforms very easy to use. I think it's probably why... Well, I think anyway, people sort of default sometimes to just doing advertising on those platforms because they know how when platforms like Snapchat, like historically have been maybe more difficult to use, although that does seem to be changing. Like, I'm curious to know because we don't actually do that much advertising on Snapchat. Like as an agency, we do now, but personally, I have never done adverts on Snapchat. So I'm interested to hear sort of from you how you think that experience has changed and improved over the last like year one year to two years that have made it go from everyone's like 
least favorite to like a, a real option so interestingly saying that about uh, saying that facebook and the instagram kind of ads manager is easy to use the same person built snapchats really yeah so it isn't like the easiest interface to use but it is getting easier and a couple of years ago people were talking about how snapchat was declining as well i'm really still not sure what snapchat secret is and how they've managed to kind of pull it back i mean if i'm honest they weren't on my radar as a marketeer two years ago at all it's only in the last year that they've really kind of shone to me like I say they're kind of XR ads like their AR ads and things like that just absolutely amazing we get really good view through rates on those really great engagement it's an efficient channel in terms of media buys it's not as expensive as it was a couple of years ago I'm not sure how that's happened is it that the audience has got larger is it that they've had better investment from brands I think they have had a lot of investment from brands um, especially when it comes to things like originals and their AR ads definitely yeah they've done a good job I mean they have been slow to release certain tools for example I think only this week they've just released a split testing tool which is something that people should be getting on actually uh, you can only test like your audience and creative at the minute but I think they are listening to marketers they are starting to understand that people are interested in what's working on that platform you can do all sorts of testing with them but I think with Facebook it's much easier you've got the tools for free whereas you might have to spend a bit more on Snapchat though and and what about Twitter just just quickly because I know we just touched on it then but I mean everyone that I've spoken to kind of hates Twitter's ads platform. Is it worth using or with Twitter, do you think organic engagement does the job? I think Twitter's definitely worth using, yeah. But like for the promoted side? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, it, again, it's always going to depend on your brand, but they have some really good like launch products that can be really effective in terms of like driving mass awareness and reach. So those launch products that I'm talking about are kind of like their first few trends, their first few videos. Those, those products are amazing if you want to launch something new Twitter I think is the place to go in the first instance that's interesting yeah I mean due to the live element that they've got the news travels like 64% faster on Twitter than on any other platform that is a powerful thing it is definitely it doesn't surprise me though no and I suppose especially now everyone's on Twitter at the moment there's definitely limitations on Twitter you know I think because it is such a fast paced platform like that it is difficult to capture people's attention but brands are doing it really well on there I think you could you could argue that KFC completely reinvented itself on Twitter in the UK and did a really good job of oh, it. Oh, absolutely. But again, I think a lot of those wins seem to come from like the organic side of things. Is that just me? I can't. I guess like I guess maybe that's maybe that's a bit of ad blindness there, Eve. I'm not sure because <laughs> I think I think you'd be quite surprised about how much like sponsored activity goes on there, especially in like the kind of trending section, the explore section, yeah, in the videos. Yeah, I think it's true. probably a lot less obvious when you're being advertised to on Twitter than maybe the other platforms maybe it just kind of shows how they can weave the organic and the paid together nicely a lot of promoted threads do quite well you've got people promoting like the really famous thing of people promoting people's tweets that's huge that's like a really big thing yeah. you know yeah i stand corrected actually i saw our friends at kellogg's did a campaign I think it was when they brought out white Cocoa Pops and they dug out uh, old tweets of people asking for them and sponsored all of those so they could like show the demand before they met it, which I thought was like great. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And it was KFC that drove that kind of um, tactic as well with their like our fries are rubbish kind of thing. Kat, something I want to ask you about uh, is yeah. in terms of, I mean, what you, you mentioned the creative advantage earlier. 
What do you think is more important now? Is it creativity? Is it innovation? Is it insight? Is it placement? I think content is always going to be like the king of all of this. Good content is needed for any kind of ad campaign. We could have a really innovative product. We could have some really good media buying, some really good targeting. But if the creative doesn't land, it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to get what you want. I think creative for me is still one of the most important things. And then followed by that is a really good media plan, (laughs) which I'm not sure always go hand in hand. Um, I think the challenge with that is working with agencies on good creative strategies and then aligning uh, a strong media strategy alongside it. Um, I think that's quite challenging for brands. Also, if you're a small brand or a small business, that's even harder. You know, getting some really good creative out the door and a good media plan. Like, it's not an easy task. It's not an easy balance at all. Do you find that sometimes the two contradict each other? Sort of harking back to a debate of creative versus strategy, I guess, and being guided by the data or being guided by the creative for lack of a better word i think there's a bit of a loop here isn't there i mean any any kind of social marketer should have an like an element or a kind of a data-driven string to their bow that you know the data obviously is kind of a big word right now it's becoming more and more important no one's saying that all social media managers have to be kind of like data wizards you know if you're lucky enough actually you work in a business that already has a team set up that way that you can make friends with but i think for me the important thing is is that you take that data you distill it into insights and learnings um, that are actionable and not kind of you know just plucked out of thin air and then you you feed that back to the creative team in a way that they'll understand and then you work together to you know understand what the impact of that creative was on those insights it's a bit of an art not a science sometimes I think I think a lot of the challenge with that comes down to working with other people internally like you can't do all of that on your own as a social media manager you need other people to come along with you and I think my job as a marketeer is to yeah take that data turn it into something accessible and share that with the creative teams it's not an easy balance again I feel like I keep saying it's not an easy balance but it's true yeah no that makes sense I suppose you could say that it's made it easy to uh, optimise shit you know in any way you know not knowing anybody in uh, particular of course but uh you know with the tools available and the level of micro targeting you can go into but it's interesting to hear you say that you know even though you can reach people to the nth degree you know to an extent the creative is kind of the the final push i guess in a way yeah i mean it's a huge waste of your time and money if your creative isn't on point i can't stress that enough it's the same with any marketing channel like would you watch would you want to watch like a rubbish tv ad like wouldn't you just turn it off you know just switch over it's the same with social you know i mean in social actually you've got like i said before like moments sometimes seconds to acquire that person or to kind of put them on the path to brand loyalty if your creative looks rubbish they're just going to switch off and then you've got the doubly difficult thing as well of if you're uploading rubbish creative to these platforms their algorithms are not going to be serving it efficiently either it doesn't matter how good your media buying is if the creative's not good i wouldn't i wouldn't put money behind it and how key how key are those micro moments because again i can imagine like any industry there there's sometimes a lot of bullshit that goes with a lot of stuff and you know (laughs) we could come in with this sort of uh, being able to target to the nth degree i don't know is it a case of just because they're there doesn't mean that you know, it's necessarily going to work. I'm just interested to hear your take on the micro moments. Again, I think it completely depends on what your goals are. If you just want, if you've got like a mass awareness goal or a mass reach goal, then it's much easier. You know, you can put out these ads, top of funnel, reach as many people as you want. You can run like brand recall tests. Like, do they remember my brand? Those moments, I think, are really easy to capture. It's when you start trying to drive people further down the funnel on social, when I think things become a little bit more challenging, like getting someone to click on 
on your ad. I think, depending on, I guess, your brand, it's quite notoriously difficult. Unless you're like a social first brand that purely lives on social, people like, I don't know, um, Gymshark and Huel, those kind of players. I think it is really difficult to um, capture those people in those micro moments. It's not saying that it's not worth it, but I think you have to have a really good understanding of how that's working before you put more and more spend behind it. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious, what, what would you say is your top tips or maybe the key to making ads like that with um, a bit more of an ask, I guess, attached for a CTA? Like, what is the key to making those ads perform better? Um, Like, is there any tricks of the trade to get more people to to click, I guess? Maybe like algorithmically, I guess I asked because there are little things we know, like uh, in organic posts and in ads, I think maybe it's true that if you ask a question on Facebook, you get you get downranked in in the feed and maybe you don't get as much exposure. Yeah, I was going to say don't don't clickbait. <laughs> but I think um I've seen that time and time again even though I think it should be kind of standard knowledge now like you shouldn't be putting clickbaity titles in ads um, or like tag us here, share this, share that. That's not going to work. On Facebook and Instagram, text heavy um creative is a no-no for me. Facebook already say they've already got that 20% text rule. If you've got too much text in your ad, they'll kind of downgrade it. In the kind of bidding process that is true that does happen uh, people don't want to see like heavy text in their faces uh, when they're logging on I think much more kind of like human imagery product imagery is definitely the way to go with that play play around with like the placements that you've got it doesn't always work for everyone but use carousels use polls use the features that are native to the platforms on Snapchat you know they've got so many different types of like placement you've got commercials and skippable ads you've got playable ads like games lenses filters if you can use a breadth of those that definitely helps in trying to kind of capture people's attention and get them to drive through so on snapchat for example someone might watch our, an advert they might watch a video from you and then a day later they get a lens and that's going to really push them to go through and buy something or become brand loyal i think especially if it's like a like a new ad format or like a new product that the platform wants to push as well but if you use those you're, you're bound to get more exposure aren't you because they want to promote people using those oh god yeah and that's exactly what i've seen with snapchat and their commercials the video through rates like the completion on those is like 70 percent and up i don't really see that on any other platform really really impressive a little bit more expensive maybe but you get your money's worth i think that's another thing people shouldn't be shy of your kind of cpm might be higher but you're you're closer to your goal than you are if you're kind of optimizing towards reach definitely i think that's a really good point that as soon as they release something new jump on that if it's suitable if it's good if it's good for you guys and if the creative is in in a good place one of the platforms we haven't spoken about yet Kat is uh, TikTok which at the time of us mm-hmm. uh, recording uh, has reached 2 billion oh, well, over 2 billion downloads today what yeah. is, does, I mean what can you tell us about there I mean as a platform and as a marketer it must excite you yeah it does actually so I think brands really want to kind of jump on TikTok especially before they get saturated with ads and it does become a bit of a pay to play platform because at the minute for me it is still largely an organic space and I have to say I didn't really use it that much and whilst we've been in lockdown me and my team have created like team TikToks and you know we've had lots of fun with it I've seen some really kind of fun content coming out from creators on 
on there. One brand that's really stood out to me recently, and I think it's just organic actually, is Heck Food. It's like a sausage and burger brand, but they, it's them like standing in their warehouse and then a massive door always slides across and it's always three people and they're doing like the blinding lights video and it's, yeah, it's good. I would, I would definitely recommend them. It's really, really nice way that a brand's using it organically. It's interesting Um, you mentioned that organic side of it as well, because it feels like they're drip feeding the sort of paid social element at the moment with different ad formats coming in and bits and pieces but like you said it's still largely organic so i guess my yeah. question is are we nearing a point where the dam will break and there will be this you know sort of paid setup behind the scenes that becomes you know infinitely powerful yeah i'm definitely hearing a lot more about them i definitely think last year people turned their nose up a bit at tiktok it was a bit of a case of people were like it'll just go the same way that vine went you know i think a lot of people still struggle to believe that a new platform can emerge out of the big three it was such a gen z platform as well when it first came around it was only teenagers using it and now i think the more varied audience have like gone to TikTok. Like there's people of all ages now. It's like getting even uh, like more popular and people aren't looking down their nose at it as much. No. And it's a unique platform. I mean, it focuses on promoting like short and sharp entertainment. I think it's the only platform where the algorithm favours video completion rate and not engagement rates as well. I don't think even YouTube does that anymore. It's definitely one to watch. In terms of like the paid features on it, again, it's whatever suits your brand. I think they do some really cool stuff. Like I think they can do brand takeovers now. Now, hashtag challenges they've got lenses that you can use now in feed video and some of their like custom influencer packages i think would be really attractive to some brands yeah definitely one to watch and the more they do and the more people adopt it the more it does excite me i have to say i've been seeing more in feed video ads on tiktok i saw one from the nhs yeah i think <laughs> i've seen those floating around i mean theo was it we were speaking to somebody the other day I think it was Chris who said that TikTok, because they're taking so long bringing out more paid social tools and more advert opportunities, but what they've been doing is watching uh, other platforms like YouTube and seeing what mistakes they've made and just making sure they don't do that. So when it comes along, I think they're hoping, and it'll be interesting to see if it's true, that we'll get some sort of superior ads platform that's looked at all the others and just sort of picked out what works and left behind what doesn't. I think though that they need to listen to marketers if they want to carry that kind of trend on because there are some, I think like I've been talking about, there's some grumblings from us around gaining access to insights and data that, you know, some platforms have been slow on the uptake. So I think if they really want to put themselves ahead, they need to kind of manage those challenges too. So it sounds like, and you especially, paid social managers, a lot have uh, close relationships with the platform so I guess it's fair to say that the platforms do listen to that marketing audience Mm, yeah I think some paid social managers have access to the platforms I've not always had access to them I think Facebook has I can't remember if this figure is correct but something like 140 million small businesses attached to their ad platform I can't imagine that every single one of those has a Facebook rep um, or has access to like Facebook concierge for example I think there are still going to be a lot of people out there that are kind of left to their own devices I think people probably that listen to this uh, were working for smaller businesses with limited resources and smaller teams. So I don't think you always get access to them. But yeah, I do think they do a lot of work on product development and they do take into consideration what big spenders are saying, definitely. And I think especially people like Facebook actually rely on smaller business advertising. I think that must be something that is probably going to affect the bottom line given the lockdown, actually. It's the smaller businesses that will pull their spend. Well, one of the big paid social big questions that comes with this is, is the take on measurement. And, you know, mm-hmm. we always talk about the marketer's toolbox, but 
you know, what can you tell us about measurement? What now in 2020 and going forward do marketers really need to be looking at more than ever and have platforms responded to that need with, uh, you know, better measurement options yeah. in place? Yeah, as I've said, like, I think measurement's definitely improving. But like I just alluded to, it's difficult for some organisations, especially those who are going through or have gone through digital transformation. I think I referenced uh, social first businesses earlier, like Huel and Gymshark. I think Huel was like one of the number one spenders on Facebook in 18 and 19, 18 million on ads. There are businesses out there that are showing it's working and you would hope that if you're spending 18 million pounds on adverts, that your measurement's pretty spot on. So, you know, you can do it. I think the one thing that has kind of come to light for me more and more over the last couple of years is that you're always going to be up against competing like attribution models and fighting against channels with much larger budgets. So defining the true impact of like paid social when you include it in a wider performance portfolio is definitely going to be difficult for some teams. And I've struggled with that. Like I said before, I think one way to get around that is to get your data and insights colleagues on side, work with the partners at the platforms or your agencies, ask them challenging questions when they're presenting results to you and don't always take everything at face value or in a vacuum. One thing that I've been really interested in when coming up with the challenge of assigning credit to paid social activity is incrementality testing i don't think it's a new it's a new concept by any stretch but it's definitely something new in the social media space what could you tell us about that yeah because i've heard that uh, yeah. phrase a few times incrementality i have to say the first time i heard that was when we first spoke to you cat <laughs> that's how much of a novice i am <laughs> so the first time i heard it was last summer actually so yeah you're not don't worry it's nothing nothing to be ashamed of i was quite i was quite struck by it as well but basically it's a methodology that challenges this kind of last click attribution model where where you get you get given credit for a sale on the last marketing interaction. So for example, you might see a Facebook ad, that person then goes away, opens up the app, closes the app, and then later on they go to Google and they type in the brand and they click through and then they make a purchase. What was it that actually drove that intent? It was probably seeing the Facebook ad, but because of the way an attribution models are set up traditionally, you're going to give that credit to Google. Is it is that so incrementality testing is a way of trying to help you answer the question what would happen if I never showed this advert? So the way the way it works is you take a hypothesis. So it could be, does Facebook as a channel drive incremental orders? What you do is then you create a campaign where you have a test and a control group. So one group will see your ad and one group won't. And then what you do once the campaign is finished is you compare the conversions between the two groups and you measure the uplift in sales. So it's, it's quite confusing. No, no, you've, you've made it make sense for me then. I think that sounds like really useful because... And I was speaking probably a little while ago now, maybe not too long ago, but if this is like a relatively new thing in social, that seems to have been the main question up until now that paid social left unanswered was, well, how do you know what is making someone make a purchase? Is it the ad that I've been running or is it something their friend said to them? Is it something like they've seen on the street? So at least being able to define that online is definitely a big step forward. Exactly. Yeah. And you can run these tests with Snapchat. You can run these tests with Facebook. I mean, I think the other platforms, it's quite expensive to run tests like this, but Facebook, you can either work with the marketing science team at Facebook to run a test like that, or you can, in their experiments area, run your own experiment. So the capability is there. I would recommend people look into it. It's definitely an interesting area i'm not saying it's like the gold standard or the north star of measurement but it's definitely something to i guess 
help you build evidence and maybe get some more budget for yourself next year and carry on. Yeah, definitely. That evidence can be very useful for social media managers as well, I'm sure. I mean, talking about your your sort of gold star or north star measurement, then what do you think that is? Incremental orders, incremental sales at the minute. If you're working in that area, if your prime, primary goal is to prove the value of like on the customer path to purchase, then yeah, incrementality is definitely a good way to go. But I mean, you have to make sure that you get those tests and those studies set up correctly. It's definitely a bit of a bit of a science to that one. Kat, has that has that changed the? I mean, obviously, it's changed the landscape for the better for social media managers and paid social managers. I'm just thinking, you know, from the time of speaking now, when we started this podcast, we'd speak to a lot of people who'd say, like Eve alluded to, it's I believe in social personally, and, and I know it's important, but I find that so hard to prove to my CMOs or to other marketers or to other pe- yeah, people in the TV try. space, even for something as simple as ROI. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Has the landscape changed in that respect? Are we still a way away from, I don't want to say legitimate, but just being able to say with confidence, you know, to prove the value of social, I suppose. I mean, it is a hard one, isn't it? I feel like a long time ago when I started out in this industry, social media was treated very much as like a silver bullet. You know, it was put it up on social. Social was always like the last thing thought of in like a marketing strategy or when you're kind of briefing agencies for like campaigns. I've definitely seen a shift in that. And I think, again, what we spoke about earlier, that's come from the decrease in organic social. As organic social kind of slowly tailed off for brands, paid socials become quite important. It's a very clever move, isn't it, by by these companies. You know, that's not a coincidence. I'm too cynical to believe that that's coincidental. I think it was bound to happen with like the newsfeed changes on Facebook and the perceived decline in Twitter usage, perceived decline in Snapchat usage, like all of this feeds into that. I think I read something the other day where it's like 45% of the world's population are now on social media. So I think any team would be silly not to be taking it more seriously. You'll still see lower budgets, I think, than other channels. And I think, again, that just boils down to the struggle to attribute and measure correctly. Um, So I think there's a lot of work to be done there still. And on that front as well, uh, we were speaking before and you said a lot of the kind of processes that go on behind closed doors are still very manual compared to other (laughs) industries. So I guess PPC might be a good one and digital display and how close are we nearing to useful automation within paid social? I think this is quite an overwhelming topic, isn't it? I think I constantly hear from other social managers that they're suffering from burnout and they feel under-resourced they feel like they've got to wear a million hats in like one job you've got to create the campaign execute the campaign optimize the campaign you've got to report you've got you've got to be a data expert i think a lot of paid social managers actually don't get enough credit where credit is due they work bloody hard (laughs) and they do a lot and you're right automation is it the next big thing i think so you know paid social campaign setup and execution is such a manual thing until recently now you've got people coming in offering automation and tools around community management content creation you've got smart scheduling tools bidding and delivery optimization tools ai driven persona mapping is another one then you've got uh, one that is one of my personal favorites like smart video advertising where you can create videos on scale and use machine learning and ai to optimize your creative in flight that's an amazing tool there's a company that i've worked with called spiral that do that really well and then you've also got just things in the background that make processes much quicker like audience and data management as well all of these things if you get the right partner can really help pay social managers and social teams streamline their work and spend more time working on award-winning strategies rather than setup and all the kind of nitty-gritty i definitely think it is the next big thing and brands that kind of harness that will go far but choosing a partner i think is quite difficult and i don't think it's going to be cheap (laughs) yeah no definitely not i mean it makes sense to me that automation would 
obviously make processes and like you say set up and building the ads a lot quicker and like optimizing where they're going as well but I mean smart video advertising for example is that sort of implying that the automation is being applied to the actual creative yeah yeah it does yeah so you I think that's where I, I think I can't endorse it anymore because that doesn't make sense to me <laughs> so you can like upload a template and then depending on certain data triggers you can create videos at scale that are a lot more personalized and they optimize as they go and they tap into like conversations on twitter they tap into um, certain elements of your crm data it's, it's, it's quite clever let's look into it don't don't write it off oh well i look i look into it because i haven't heard that much about it but I'm, i think i'm a skeptic <laughs> that's fair enough and uh, without asking the sort of future of paid social question cat because i know it's massive <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to know given the current climate that we're in how do you think it will all change in a post-COVID-19 world? Paid social budgets, the tech, what is it going to look like? It really has changed the landscape so quickly. I read something the other day, it's like 38% more active use on social media week on week across all platforms, which is, you know, I think people kind of thought it would flatline a bit, but it is still increasing. Because it looks, it almost looks from where I'm standing, it, social media seems like the kind of the lifeboat a little bit at the moment. It seems like the, the sort of raft that everybody's climbing to. Yeah, we've got nowhere yeah. else to go exactly yeah. I mean, in terms of advertising and marketing it's, it's, it's a great irony that maybe a few months ago we were heralding other forms of media now not mourning them but social media is very much the yeah so i, I actually think that like, if you'd asked me this question in january then i, I would have probably said like that behavior will change people will be more on dark social people are on this path of like consumer enlightenment and they're no longer passive recipients of information and ads and they, they value their privacy and they value like time outside more and yeah it's definitely kind of flipped that on its head hasn't it all those predictions that people were making last year it has flipped that a little bit I think Twitter did a really interesting study and I think what was it 69% of the Twitter users agreed that companies need to continue advertising and 68% said that they would want to see advertising from people I saw a study this morning as well said 75% want brands to do more yeah and if you asked that question in January you wouldn't have got that answer would you it does seem a bit ironic though that they've got more eyeballs than ever on social and yet ad revenue doesn't seem to be increasing with that if anything it's not decreasing as much on facebook i think i read this morning it's actually starting to like level out again but it still looks pretty flat it, but, but it, you know it's, it, that's the question is it a good time to spend i mean the platforms are going to tell you yes obviously they're going to tell you that and um, you've got this huge captive audience i think it's a good time to sort of think very carefully about where you spend if you've got like less budget or you need to be more careful with your resource it's definitely worth doing but this is true all the time i mean i hope you agree that you don't or shouldn't just spend uh, like willy-nilly on your paid social, uh, but really think about where you're putting your money. No. There's a really fine balance as well in a situation between to be seen from profiteering from a crisis and also showing up to your audience with something informative and supportive. You know, consumers are saying they're going to remember brands who get that balance wrong or right. So, I mean, time will tell with that, but I think it's definitely something for, for brands to heed. What do, you, yeah. what, do you, what do you think is behind that statistic, Kat, of uh, people, want, people wanting to see more advertising and the same marketing from brands is that when we get into a conversation of advertising for entertainment's sake versus you know show me these products so i can go and buy them because don't think anybody's in such a rush to spend are they no yeah you're right i think as well brands are so now kind of well brands that get it right are so connected with like people's identities and like their ethics and their values and we've seen that time and time again people like i said they're not just passive recipients of ads they want brands that speak to them and align with their values and at a time like this i guess 
they want that more than ever. They want to, they want to know that if they are spending money or if they are following even a creator or an influencer, that that person is proving something of social value. I think that's definitely the reason behind it. And then as well, I do question the maybe sometimes the research questions. <laughs> Got to question the research as well and how that's conducted, where it's conducted and who you're asking. And definitely, we take everything with a pinch of salt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll all change. I mean, Eve, you said about Facebook's bottom line kind of flattening out. I, I don't think you'll see the same in the second quarter of the year. I think, you know, a lot of that's going to be riding on the start of Q1. Let's see what happens in Q2. Yeah, I agree. I think I think a lot of brands will have sort of adjusted and adapted by then. Yeah. We'll see where we end up in a few months' time. Kat, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to uh, speak to us. Yes, thank so you. It's gone really quickly. I loved it. Uh, it always yeah. does. These do these podcasts. Yeah, thank you so much. And obviously, uh, the Social Minds Youth Group, you're aware of. Guys, if anybody's got any more questions, please throw them in there. And Kat, hopefully you can join us in answering a few more of them. Oh, yeah, I'd love to. I've got nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. Thank you for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please remember to leave us a review on iTunes because it really, really helps and allows us to bring you brand new episodes every single week. This has been the Social Minds Podcast with myself, Theo Watts, Eve Young, and produced by Ollie Thompson. 